We're good. All right. Well, hey, everyone. Thanks for jumping in online and joining us. My name is Ryan. I'm our lead pastor, and we're so glad you guys are on the other end of that camera. I will say this. I miss you guys so bad. I cannot wait for us to finally get together and be together in one room, just worshiping as brothers and sisters in Christ. And here's something that I think was really cool. Pastor Brandon kind of started us off with the message or a brief introduction and welcome to you all. And in the midst of it, it's really cool because he said something along the lines of getting a haircut and how he's struggling, even though his hair looks great today. Um, I had to learn, I started cutting my own hair. So that's a solution right there is just start cutting your own hair. So if, it, if my hair looks out of place, it's because I'm cutting my own hair during this time. Like every four days, I give it a little trim up. So, hey, that does not mean you can come into my house and get a haircut, okay? That does not mean for everyone else that's asking for haircuts, here we are. But, hey, we're on our last episode, episode six of our, of our teaching series we've jumped into called Dangerous Church, or Dangerous, A Church Unleashed. But before we want to jump into it, I want to bring you up on a couple things that's happening uh, that will happen actually this week. And here's the first thing is that we're releasing our very first podcast called Radiant Reflections. Pastor Josh will be interviewing myself more about this, uh, excuse me, more about this teaching that's happening today. And that will be released this week. So look on social media for that. And then, starting tomorrow, we are entering what we call in our faith, Holy Week. It's the final days of Jesus, and I'm releasing a teaching, uh, it's about, you know, 10 minutes or so, a teaching every single day, starting on Monday through Friday. So we want you to jump online for that and as well. Every day, you'll see about a 10-minute teaching from me, looking at the final days of Jesus. So you guys got to want to jump on social media and look at that. And then next Sunday, the Super Bowl of our faith, Easter, we're going to be online together, online. And hey, I think it's going to be a giant Easter celebration when eventually we all get to actually be together and worship together. But next week, jump online again, our Easter online. It's going to be a great, great time. But I believe as we wrap up Dangerous, A Church Unleashed, I truly believe that this message today can have a rippling effect in our community and beyond. But I want to get us caught up where we've been, and this whole entire series is based on this prophet by the name of Ezekiel, chapter 47. Ezekiel's a prophet from God. In other words, he gets like this digital download from God, this vision of what the church is going to be. And he notices in the temple, which in the ancient world is the church, he notices that water's leaking. And he's going to follow this water. And as he's following this water, it's getting deeper and deeper. But the idea of it is it's leaving the church and moving to the east where there's the pagans and the enemies live. And we get to Ezekiel chapter 47, verse 8, and it says this. The waters, the waters of the stream will make salty waters of the Dead Sea fresh and pure. And I just love that moment. I love right there that this water is leaving the church, but it's going to the dead and dry places. And as soon as this water touches it, things are coming fresh and pure. And then Ezekiel says, not only that, but in verse 9, it says, life will flourish wherever this water flows. In other words, things that are dead are coming to life. And it's the picture of the church that we have the living water, the Holy Spirit within us, the presence of God right here, and we're to go out of the church. And 
I want you to show, or show you this progression that Ezekiel takes. And you've seen this if you've been with us. He's, he goes and he's first realizing this water is ankle deep, but it goes deeper as the further he gets out from the church, and then it's knee deep, and eventually it becomes waist deep, and it's flowing. And that's what we want to be here at Radiant Life. We want to be the church that is flowing to spiritually thirsty people, a church that isn't about what's inside of these four walls, a church that's on the move and reaching the lost and the broken and the hurting and the spiritually thirsty people. Now, again, I said today is going to have a significant impact on our community. It can. And so we're going to look at an incredible chapter of the Bible, a book of the Bible that uh, is kind of our anchor for today's message. So if you will, and if you have your Bible or your tablet or your phone, will you turn to 2 Corinthians? It's in the New Testament, 2 Corinthians chapter 8. And I'm going to look at about seven verses there for us as we wrap up this teaching series together. And I hope for you that are on the other side of this, and this is your first time watching Radiant Life and what it's about, I pray that you really get a vision of what our church wants to become. And for those of us that call ourselves Radiant Lifers, this is our home church, I pray and hope that you get more fire in your belly to reach and go out and reach the lost, the hurting, and the broken. So let me jump in. 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 1, it begins this way. And now, brothers and sisters, we want you to know about the grace that God has given the Macedonian churches. Now let me explain what that is. The Macedonian churches, that was in northern Greece. So think of where Greece is today. It's like a cluster of churches in northern Greece. And this is what he says. In the midst of a very severe trial, does it sound like what we're going through today, friends? Does it sound like COVID-19? We're in a severe trial, but so were the churches in Macedonia. And look how they respond in the midst of a severe trial. They're overflowing joy. They had joy in the midst of their trial. Not just any joy, it's overflowing joy. Joy in the midst of this severe trial and their extreme poverty. They're living in poverty. Listen, joy and poverty can go hand in hand because of Jesus Christ. And in the midst of this, their joy and poverty and their severe trial welled up in rich, what friends? Say it with me, generosity. Whew. I feel like that's the church now. I feel like that's what we're all going through. A severe trial to our nation, to this world right now. Maybe for some of us, we have been laid off. And it hurts. Maybe we're struggling with food right now. It, it all hurts right now. We're struggling with fear and anxiety and worry. And we don't feel like, Ryan, I don't feel like the Macedonian churches that has overwhelming or overflowing joy. And then, Ryan, you're sitting there telling me that the church is rich in generosity as well in the midst of a severe trial. Yeah, they were. And here the story continues. For I testify that they gave as much as they were able, even beyond their ability. Entirely on their own, they urgently pleaded with us for the privilege of sharing in this service to the Lord's people. And they exceeded our expectations. They gave themselves first to the Lord, then by the will of God to us. 
But since you excel in everything, the church in Corinth, since you guys excel in everything, see to it that you also excel in this grace of giving, of giving. Wow. I felt like this is the church. This is, this is for us today. This is, this is for us. I think this entire narrative, this entire story that a Paul, the guy, Paul wrote this. Paul, who hated Jesus, fell in love with Jesus. This guy writes this, and he's sitting there telling us, I think I would conclude that a stingy Christian should be extinct. Even in the midst of a severe trial, even in the midst of what feels, feels like poverty, you ought to have overflowing joy and be rich in generosity. I think as Christians, generosity should define us. I also believe as those who follow Jesus, we should understand that generosity is not when I have the funds to give to someone in need. Generosity is not when I feel like doing something, then I will. Generosity is not I'm going to do it because it makes me feel good. No, friends, generosity is a lifestyle. It's a lifestyle. Well, Ryan, uh, but I'm hurting. I know many of us are hurting. Many of us are hurting financially. Many of us are hurting right now with just that stress and anxiety and just what COVID-19 is bringing our nation and our community. I understand that. But I sat here and I prayed for all of us this past week. And I felt like that's what Jesus did. When he gave his life for you and for me, he gave it all. Even though in the garden he's pleading with God, hey, God, hold on. My spirit's willing. I know what I ought to do, but my weak, my flesh is weak. And for Jesus, it was a lifestyle that he went and served. Even when people turned his back or turned their back on him, he still served and gave. It's a lifestyle that we're called to. And so if you're a note taker, I'm going to unpack real quick for us three mindsets of generosity that you and I may have, especially perhaps during this severe trial that you and I are facing together, this COVID-19 thing. So if you're a note taker, get ready, get your notes out. If you're not a note taker, uh, turn to someone around you and say, become a note taker, okay? (laughs) All right, here we go. Here's the first mindset. The mindset is this. It's the bag mindset. The bag mindset says it's not enough. Got this cute little bag here. That's what it represents. It's just, Ryan, I just don't have enough. The prophet Haggai, now most of us, if you follow Jesus, you're probably not doing devotions in the book of Haggai, but I'm going to tell you the prophet Haggai, here's what he says in chapter 1, verse 6. I love this. He says this, you have planted much, but harvested little. You eat, but never have enough. You drink, but never have your fill. You put on clothes, but are not warm. You earn wages only to put them in a bag 
with holes in it. The bag mindset is this. Listen, my bag's got holes in it, and I never have enough. Everything I get goes into the bag, and since it's got holes in it, goes out of the bag. I never have enough. This mindset also reflects in our generosity because I never have enough, I can never give. And maybe perhaps, if we're honest, that's where some of us are. We just have a bag mindset right now with holes in it. It's just not enough. The second mindset, the second mindset is this. It's the basket. The basket mindset says, I have more than enough. I have more than enough. This basket represents things that maybe you receive or maybe you give out, but you realize, hey, I have enough and it could be overflowing. And I want to overflow it to people. I have enough in here. Here's what Deuteronomy chapter 28 says about the, bag, the basket mindset. The fruit of your womb will be blessed and the crops of your land and the young of your livestock. Your basket and kneading trough will be blessed. You will be blessed when you come in and blessed when you go out. The basket mindset is I have more than enough. I'm thankful for God and what he gives me. And I want to use everything. It's all his. He's blessed me with it so I can go and be a blessing to others. It's the basket mindset. And maybe perhaps some of you are already living into this mindset. Realizing that every gift, everything I have, everything I own is God's. I'm just his manager of what he gives me. And during this time, I want to be a blessing to people, people who are hurting. And so perhaps, again, maybe you're here during this time, a bag mindset that I just don't have enough, but it's always going out mostly on you. You can't be generous. Maybe the basket mindset that says, I have more than enough. God, it's yours. But there's a third mindset, and that's this massive behemoth over here. The third mindset is the barn, that I have infinitely more than enough. It's just I even have more than what I realize. This mindset literally sits back and goes, man, I got to count all my blessings. I'm forgiven. I'm walking free from addictions. I have, I'm covered by God's grace every single day. I'm filled with the Holy Spirit. The Lord is walking with me all the time. That's the barn mindset. And everything that comes in, not just financial, not just money, what I sit there and I turn that everything that comes in and I receive it with an open hand and say, God, this is yours. What would you like me to do with it? Do I use it on myself? Do I use it to go bless someone? This is yours. This is an open hand mindset. It's all yours, God. Deuteronomy chapter 8 verse 8 reads this way. The Lord will send a blessing on your barns and everything you put your hand to. It's the barn mindset. God, my hand's in it, but it's all a blessing for you. But my hand is open. What would you like me to do with it? There's three mindsets. The bag, it's not enough. The basket, it's more than enough. Or the barn, it is infinitely more than enough. So let me ask you a question. What's your mindset? What mindset do you have? Has it changed because of what we're facing today as a nation? 
as a world? Has your mindset changed? Maybe you said, man, I was a barn, and I, I used to, but my hands have gotten a little tighter and closer to my chest, and now I'm more basket. I'm not as generous. Or maybe you were a basket and say, no, I, I'm literally a bag. I don't have enough. It's all it's all here. Or maybe you are more generous. Maybe you have grown through this time because you see needs around you. I want us to understand something, friends. And here's what I want us to understand. Giving is not something we do. Generous is who we are. Giving is not something we do. Generous is who we are. Remember Jesus' words. I came to serve, not to be served. I came to give my life to many. And that's this mindset. It's generous. It's who we are. And here, friends, this is where I believe the ripple effect can change our community with this statement. A river of generosity that is rippled out of the church, the building, the people will change our community. It will change because I think there are skeptics in the world wondering, what is this church thing? I don't know about church. I don't know about God. I've been hurt in the past by the church and everything. They're skeptical of the church. They're not maybe perhaps skeptical of God. But when we, as followers of Jesus, be the church, when we step out and put our faith into action, they see God. And how more important is it right now that we do that, that we step out, and have people, and help people, and be generous here and there so they can see God at work in us. And here's where, here's where if some of you received in the mail, your envelope comes into play. If you want to grab that now and hold on to that. I want to explain this envelope. Now, there were four reasons why, five reasons now, why you may have not received this envelope from our church. So let me go over that real quick with you. Number one, maybe you're newer to the church and we just don't have your information. We don't have your mailing address or something. That is one reason why you don't, you you did not receive this. Number two could be that you come in and uh, you never fill out that connection card. Remember that thing on the bottom of our handout that we probably all ignore a little bit, that thing? Uh, we based on all of our giving and stuff like through that. So if you come in and never fill that out, that's also why you did not receive an envelope because we went back the last three months. So since the beginning of 2020, anyone who filled out a connection card may have received one of these. So when we're back together, just side note, so important to fill that thing out, all right, everyone? So turn to your neighbor, whoever you're sitting around, and just tell them, fill that connection card out next time, all right? Here's the other thing. Um, You may have also just completely, uh, we know from a couple families, we know we physically had this and given it out in the mail system, and they just aren't delivered yet, or something's wrong. We know, we've heard some from some families, and we've checked our mailing list, and we know you actually received it. We actually, you didn't receive it yet. But we know you're on our mailing list that we printed a label for you and it went out in the mail. So maybe perhaps it's just not there yet. But I'm going to allow you now, if you have your envelope, go ahead and open it up if you will right now. Now in this envelope, as you open it up, there is a letter. So hold on to that letter. Wow, this is good sticky stuff here. 
All right, none of these envelopes were licked, so you don't have to worry about anything too crazy. But uh, this is a letter from me explaining what is in your envelope. Now, for most of you, you should receive, if you received an envelope, there should be $30 in every envelope. We as a church are putting money back into your hands. We as a church know that there's some of you who could be absolutely hurting right now. And we're putting our faith into action and giving you money. I hope $30 for those that received it, it's a blessing to you. If you can use it in a big way, go buy groceries, go buy gas, go do something that is a blessing to you. If you need it during this time, use that on you. It's yours. It's our gift from the church to you. So it's a blessing. If it's a blessing, let it be a blessing to you. Here's another thing, though. Maybe perhaps you didn't need that. But how can you go bless a neighbor with it? Or a coworker, someone in need? What would it look like for you to know that your neighbor needs groceries or is hurting, is laid off, and you go out and buy these groceries with that $30 and go bless them? We want to put that back into your hands. And friends, what does it look like if you've been in a life group or you have family or friends and you guys go out and do a joint effort? This is not like the devil's lettuce joint. This is literally like you guys together, joint and generosity, okay? I should have said joint effort. I'm sorry. But uh, you guys combine your groups. Maybe you know three other families. Wow, three times 30. That's $90 to go bless the socks off of someone in this community. We want to be a church with the barn mindset. Now, let me tell you the story behind this. This summer, this July, I will be the lead pastor here at Radiant Life for five years. I came that July and brought with me Pastor Josh. Pastor Josh knew from the moment I got here that I wanted to do this at some point in the church, give money back into the hands of the people. I never knew what that looked like. <laughs> we planned this series out in January, not knowing COVID-19 was also going to rear its ugly head. And I wrote a list of financial money that I would love to just give away. Your, your leadership board, your LBA, met about a month ago, just at the cusp of COVID-19 hitting our nation. And we sat right over here in a board meeting and took a risk, knowing the church financially will be impacted financially. We know that. But for such a time, but for such a time as this, that this was the right time to put money back in your hand. God knew, I think God's hand was on our church to sit there and say, not yet, Ryan, don't do this. I wanted to do this for five years. And it's sitting there going, why now, God? Man, it makes sense. And it was the Holy Spirit moving our church in this direction. So please hear my heart. 
if you did get an envelope and that $30 is a major blessing to you, use it during this time. Bless it. Don't think the church think you're God for that. Don't give the church any credit. Give God credit. And if your neighbor or someone around you, a family member, a coworker, you know needs, needs something, go bless them. Go buy toilet paper. Just don't use it for teepee. Give it to them. Go buy them. Go bless them during this time. And again, if you know other families that may have received this, call them as soon as this service is done to say, hey, would you like to combine our money together? Because I know a family that is in deep, dire need and we can have significant impact. Because I know this, church, that we will be the church, that we will lead the way with radical generosity. That is what we will be, and that is who we will become. A church that says this makes no sense to the world to give out all this money to over 350 families. This makes no sense because we're hurting financially, but we know we're stepping out in faith and saying, God, this is you and your Holy Spirit's moving. Man, God, let's lead the way with radical generosity. So church, let's leave into it. Let's lead this way. And maybe perhaps you're looking and saying, I really wish I would have gotten an envelope. I'm going to ask you, reach into your pocket. Maybe it's $5 and go bless someone. Go do something that the Holy Spirit stirs up inside of you to go bless someone. Because we believe these words of Jesus found in the book of Acts, chapter 20, verse 35, that it is more blessed to give than to receive and we want to be a church that feels dangerous that will follow God wherever he tells us we want to be a church that gets unleashed so I want to pray over this envelope that those that are in the hands that it would be a blessing and you would use it to go bless someone else with it so as we wrap up Come on, church. Let's be a church that will lead the way with radical generosity. To the hurting, to the broken, to the hopeless.